in, my friends, to yet another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren. And if you can't tell, today is a little bit of a crazy hair day, but that's okay because week six was crazy. So this is appropriate that I have messed up hair. It's just how it goes. There, there, There's so many things that we need to cover today that I did not have time to get this situation figured out, but that's okay because in today's video, we are going to go over the prize picks leaderboard. We are going to go over some waiver wire targets. There are a lot and some streaming options heading into week seven. But before we get into any of that, remember, if you have not signed up for prize picks yet, please do so. Prizepicks.com. Promo code MMN. There is even a link in the description of this video. It's very easy to do. And come take part in our 7-Eleven challenge. It is a ton of fun. You get prizes first, second, third. You get prizes for the middle. And you get prizes for the very, very last, dead last, dead last spot. You still get prizes, which I was very happy to see on our leaderboard. We have some new signups that are gunning for that last place prize, which I absolutely love. My over-under picks, um, they did pretty well. I got, let's see, how many? Three out of five. Man, I didn't beat out Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo got four out of five on his. I got three out of five on mine. And Alan W., I'm still looking at you, my friend, because you, you, you're still number one. You are number one with 25 total. And behind you, we have three people tied for second place. I I apologize because last week I misspoke and I said third place twice. It's second place, my friends. I am very sorry about that. But Jason K., Joseph W., and John H., you are all tied at 22 for second place. And Nicholas R. and Neil F., as in Frank. No, I don't know if that's your last name or not. We just get an initial. You are tied for third at 21. And let me scroll all the way. Oh, is that a middle? No, that's not a middle. I thought they were going to tell me where the middle was, and they did not. But we have so many entrances here. I'm still scrolling down, by the way, in case y'all were wondering. That's how many there are. Uh, Ty or T.Y.? T.Y. Hilton, are you playing too? It's not. It's T.Y.S. Uh, you, thank you for joining our our 7-Eleven challenge because I haven't seen your name on here before. You're at zero, tied with Nicholas T. Dale P., you're still there too. John B., as are you. And Francis K., welcome in. Have fun. This is a party. Remember, everyone, prizepicks.com, promo code MMN. You get your deposit of up to $100 matched. It's free money. I love prize picks. It is kind of, it's a new obsession. I absolutely love playing it. It's a ton of fun. Get in on our 7-Eleven challenge. It's very easy. It's five over under picks for the Thursday and Sunday games. And you change your bet amount to $7.11. That's how they track it. Five over-under picks, remember that. Just don't choose the Monday game because that's when, as you can see, I'm talking to you about it. This is Monday evening. The game has not yet played, but this is going to be for your Tuesday waivers. But before we get into waivers, we have to talk about our injuries. It's always such a pain in the butt. And unfortunately, every week we have a whole slew of new injuries that we have to talk about. Kareem Hunt. As if it wasn't bad enough for the Browns, this just makes matters worse, all right? So he was already coming into the game hobbled, and he, I guess you could call it re-aggravated or hurt even worse, that calf. He had to be helped off the field, and then later he was carted to the locker room. Nick Chubb is also out. This is not great because they play Thursday. Um, speaking of the Browns, Baker Mayfield dislocated his left shoulder again and, re, I guess, tore more or retore his already torn labrum. That's a hot mess. He really wants to play through it, but Kevin Stefanski is going to make him get a second opinion. 
and decide whether or not it's going to be Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, who I do have a deep fondness for, my friend Case Keenan. Rams, I see you. So that's a whole situation going on with the Browns. I'm going to talk about two options at the running back position that you can maybe take a look at. And there's another name I don't have on waivers because I'm pretty sure this is someone you can pick up. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver. He is someone else you can possibly look at, but it's going to depend on whoever it is at quarterback. We have so many things going on for Week 7. I just have to fly through these so you're not listening to me jammer on and yammer on and gabber on and for, you know, next Tuesday. Week 8. We don't want that at all. So real quick, Dak Prescott, he was spotted in a walking boot. He hurt his calf on like the very last play of the game. He says he'll be fine. They're coming into their bye week. Um, MRIs were negative for anything severe, so that should be good. With a week of rest, he should be just fine for week 8. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, Paris Campbell, he suffered a, quote, significant foot injury, according to the head coach Frank Wright of the Indianapolis Colts. Fire up Zach Pascal. Alex Collins, the backup running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He has a hurt hip. And as usual, Pete Carroll is being very, very evasive. And he's like, well, we're not going to say anything until the very last minute of the game. So who knows what is going on there. DJ Dallas is a name that I'm going to bring up later on when I talk about running back waiver pickups that you can take a look at. But that's just something to keep an eye on. On uh, some better news here, which is the only good news I have in the injury report because it's not really an injury, but Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, who was not dealing with injury. He was dealing with some personal issues. He is back at practice. He should be good to go, so that is exciting for all of you Calvin Ridley managers and Atlanta Falcons fans, so that is really good news. And last but not least, Kadarius Toney. After we all hyped him up, myself included, he got hurt early in the game for the Giants, he was ruled out almost immediately. So keeping an eye on him moving forward is going to be crucial. Fire up your Sterling Shepard shares if you have any of them. I think he's about 55 to 60% rostered, so I did not include him on this week's list, even though I've talked about Sterling Shepard quite a bit already. But let's hop right into it here, and let's start this time with our running back spots because we have a lot. Like I mentioned, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, out. I don't know about Nick Chubb's status for Thursday, but it's not looking good. So we have two options here for the Browns. We have Demetric Felton and we have Dearness Johnson. Now both of these two have slightly different identities when it comes to their running game prowess. Demetric Felton is apparently the pass catching back. He is 9% rostered. He is expected to, I guess, fulfill the Kareem Hunt role as well as any backup can possibly do. This is going to be volume based for both of these running backs. Their matchup is absolutely terrible against the Denver Broncos. So this sucks all the way around and like I said he's the pass catching back so Darius Johnson is going to fulfill a little bit more of that traditional type running back role he is only three percent rostered and I think the reason for that is is Darius Johnson had a shot to really do something last year and he did not make anything of it so out of the two of those I'm leaning a little more geometric Felton simply because of that pass casting game short short dump off passes for an injured Baker Mayfield I do like that but either way either of these two running backs should see volume I don't know if they're going to see a ton of success but volume is king in fantasy football, especially when you don't have any running backs to start. I am actually starting Demetric Felton in one of my leagues because I absolutely have to. Now let me move on really quickly to Kenyon Drake of the Raiders. I'm only going to mention him briefly because he is 53% rostered, so likely he's unavailable. Same thing with my next running back as well. 
But with this change that the Raiders have experienced because of this situation with John Gruden, they kind of have this renewed sense of um, identity, sense of self, sense of team. And Kenyon Drake under Rich Biscacci, I think that's how you say it, Biscaccia, he actually did quite well. And we didn't see a ton of volume, but we saw it at the goal line, which is kind of what we had expected moving in. He did very well in their matchup. So if he is available, I think he would be a sneaky pickup. Likely not. They place Philadelphia. Then they have a bye, so beware of that. And then they play the Giants. I don't hate this at all for the Raiders and for Kenyon Drake. Michael Carter is another name that might already be rostered. However, they are coming off of a bye. So if someone in your league had to make some room for a starter, he might have been the one to see the waiver wire over some other options. He is 52% rostered. This is a terrible matchup situation, but you really may have to do this and rely more on volume. He is kind of in a committee, if you will, I guess you can call it that, with Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson, but Michael Carter is the guy. They face New England, then Cincinnati, and then Indianapolis. It's absolutely terrible, but, you know, desperate times, okay? Desperate measures. Speaking of, as I mentioned before, not speaking of, but as I mentioned before, we'll just run that ride all together, DJ Dallas, okay? We don't know what's going on with Alex Collins. We don't know what's going on with uh, Chris Carson and his neck injury. It's a hot mess. But um, DJ Dallas made the best he possibly could. He had five targets, five receptions, and 31 yards. But he also had 97 return yards. So if you're in a league that counts that, that's really nothing to sneeze at. And he did pretty well in a really bad matchup against the Steelers. Don't forget, they have Geno Smith as the backup quarterback starting as of right now. Although Pete Carroll said he's not going to turn down any opportunities. Hint, hint. They were talking to Cam Newton. Interesting. Keep your eye on that situation moving forward. I don't have any news regarding that. Otherwise, I would have made a way bigger situation out of that earlier. But it's just something to keep in mind, especially if you're in a dynasty and you have Cam Newton just sitting there. Or he likely is just out there floating. Keep your eye on the news. Terrible, terrible matchups again. New Orleans, Jacksonville's okay, but then they have a bye. So that's interesting to keep your eye on for DJ Dallas. Again, another situation where you might have to start someone like DJ Dallas. He is 2% rostered, so very likely he should be available. Ramondre Stevenson, running back for the Patriots. He is 11% rostered. He really saw some uptick in his work recently and in the passing game. With James White sidelined for the rest of the season, Ramondre Stevenson is filling in that pass-catching role to complement Damian Harris. So he did pretty darn well, and I think he's only going to start getting better as Mac Jones starts to feel a little bit more comfortable targeting him. They play the Jets, like it. The Chargers, like it. And Carolina, don't like it. But it doesn't matter. The next two weeks, Ramondre Stevenson, who is only 11% rostered, he should see some points specifically in PPR formats. I'm going to mention a few more here, kind of more of a dumpster dive, which I'll bring up on Wednesday as well. But Giovanni Bernard, he is a starting human body that is warm and not hurt-ish. For the Buccaneers, he is 19% rostered. He is another one that makes his hay in the passing game. Brady really likes to target him in the passing game when he's healthy, as well as in the red zone. Although, again, their schedule is not awesome. They play Chicago, New Orleans, and then they have a bye as well. Jarek McKinnon of the Chiefs, 19% rostered. He is only one injury away to Daryl Williams from becoming the RB1. And if we have a trend going on right now, ever, all the time, especially in 2021, our running backs are getting hurt. So he may be a pickup and stash if you need to, as well as the next name that I'm going to mention. But the Chiefs play Tennessee, the Giants, and then Green Bay. It's decent. So if something happens to Darrell Williams, you already have a starting RB1 for the Kansas City Chiefs, who also happens to be pretty good in the passing game. Last but not least, for our running backs, 
And this one might be my favorite ad, and that is Chris Evans of the Cincinnati Bengals, who is only 4% rostered. He did really well. I was kept listening to his name being called constantly in that game. He had three receptions on three targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. And it really looks like Joe Burrow liked to target him. And this was while Joe Mixon was healthy. Sure, Samaje P. Ryan was on the COVID-19, but I think Chris Evans just made the case for him to be next on the depth chart and replace Samaje. JP Ryan and you know push him back to the RB3. Not only that, but the Bengals running back schedule is juicy. They play the Baltimore Ravens, which I know on paper seems scary. Well, actually previous years would seem scary, but they're letting in a lot of points to running backs, especially pass catching running backs, which I really like. They also played the Jets and then they play Cleveland. So let's move right along to our wide receivers. Again, this is another lengthy list of players that you can target heading into week seven. We have Darnell Mooney. Yeah, finally, he is 44% rostered, so he may not be available. But Justin Fields is starting to get a lot more comfortable in this offense, and he targeted Darnell Mooney for his first touchdown. Very exciting. They have excellent matchups moving forward over the next three weeks against Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. When I say the next three weeks, I actually just meant next week because I don't like San Fran or Pitt, but... Playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 7, I do like that for Darnell Mooney if he's available. And hi, welcome back to the NFL, T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. Also another one I didn't mention on my injury report. He's dealing with a quad injury, but T.Y. Hilton is one of those guys where when he is active on a roster, he's always on the injury report. Happens all the time. He's a gamble because of that. But he's also still very talented, and he's had a lot of rest so far in 2021. He is 39% rostered. They play San Francisco, Tennessee, and the New York Jets. He was targeted four times, caught all four of them, and he had 80 yards. Big playability. One touchdown would have made this a huge game for T.Y. Hilton, and that is definitely in his foreseeable future if he can stay healthy. If you need help with bye weeks and injuries, Marcus Callaway of the Saints is someone I highly recommend looking at. I love their schedule moving forward. Callaway is 34% rostered. He's also another one coming off of a bye, so if somebody had to make some room on their roster to pick up someone else who was playing, it might have been Marcus Callaway, who was just coming off of a huge game against Washington. Now, one of the things Jameis Winston has done is he has had the ability to play well against good matchups. That's what we like to see in fantasy and that will directly correlate to Marquez Callaway. They are playing Seattle, then Tampa Bay, then Atlanta. Yes, please. He is a huge bust potential. I get it, but he is also a home run boom potential as well. And Jamison Crowder is a little bit more of a safer pickup here at 27% rostered for the Jets. And I know we have to rely on Zach Wilson, which is always kind of scary. However, this is Jamison Crowder. If anyone can get it done, it's going to be him. He can help fix a lot of those issues that hopefully the Jets have addressed during their bye week after London. Okay, so they play New England, not great. Cincinnati and then Indianapolis. The schedule is not absolutely beautiful. But again, this is Jamison Crowder, who is a veteran and he knows what he's doing. Doesn't matter who's throwing him the football. And also, last but not least, someone who is the epitome of hit or miss. That is Randall Cobb, 12% rostered. After a really huge game, he then did nothing last week against the Bears. Like, what what is happening right now? However, like I said, desperate times, desperate measures. They play Washington, Arizona, and Kansas City. He is worth a pickup if you need somebody to fill in for the bye weeks because that schedule looks very nice. And I do like Randall Cobb a lot. He's very good friends with Aaron Rodgers, so... This might have been a weird kind of stick it to the Bears week. I'm I'm not quite sure, but um, Randall Cobb, 
12% rostered. Take a look at him, especially if you are in deeper leagues. Now let's move on to the tight end position. And if you missed the news, it's kind of exciting. Zach Ertz was traded, likely like in the middle of the game, to the Arizona Cardinals, who just seem to be getting better and better. Now, it's unlikely that he's available because he is rostered in 60% of leagues. But if he is, double check. You never know. Maybe somebody dropped him. Who knows? Double check to see if he's available. He has an excellent schedule on the Cardinals facing the Raiders, the Lions, and then the Chargers. So I really like Zach Ertz if he's available. And another one who made me feel semi-smart, even though I said Taylor Heineke was going to be a great start, and he absolutely was not. But the beneficiary of some of his passes was tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, 29% rostered. He is seeing the usage, especially with Curtis Samuel sidelined. And with Terry McLaurin dealing with injuries of his own, they face Green Bay, Denver, and then they have a bye. So if you are dealing with some tight end issues, Look no further than Ricky Seals-Jones. I very much like him. Cole Komet, since we're going to be um, on this Bears train here, 19% rostered. And when Justin Fields is playing better, he's targeting Mooney. He's targeting Allen Robinson. Cole Komet also saw some more usage as well. He is a big athletic tight end, and Justin Fields is going to need him. And he's starting to rely on him. They play Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and then Pittsburgh. So the schedule isn't, like, super great Um, week eight and week nine, but week seven against Tampa Bay, I do like that for Cole Komet. And then let's see, we have two more here for you. Mo Cox, 8% rostered. He found the end zone. And with T.Y. Hilton back on the roster and healthy, they are stretching the field out a little bit more. Also, as I mentioned, Paris Campbell is injured. So if that is as significant as hedge coach hedge, Head coach Frank Reich, ooh, that is like a mouthful, as he says, Frank Reich. That's what I meant to say. Mo Ali Cox could keep seeing this increased usage in this offense. Um, I, It's okay when it comes to matchups at San Francisco, Tennessee, but the Jets is one I very much like for the Colts, and especially Mo Ali Cox. And last but not least, Pat Fryermuth, as my very good friend Jake Seeley likes to call him, Pat Air Fryermuth. He is 6% rostered for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is, if he would have had a touchdown, this would have been a huge game for Fryermuth. Now, I know Eric Ebron, the other tight end, he was the beneficiary of the touchdown, but it was Fryermuth that was helping to move the chains in addition to wide receiver Deontay Johnson. I think he is going to continue to see more targets from Ben Roethlisberger, who likes to target players that he can trust. And that is becoming Pat Fryermuth. So he is someone I would not sleep on. I would pick him up. I would stash him because they do have a buy this week. But if you have the room to put him on there, I would not wait. And I would get him in your roster if you can heading into week eight where they face Cleveland. And then they face Chicago, which is okay. But what's really awesome is in week 10 and week 11, they face Detroit. And then they face the Chargers. I really like that for a tight end schedule for Pat Fryermuth. And now let's head into our streaming options for the quarterback and the defensive positions. I already mentioned picking up Marquez Callaway. Why not pick up his quarterback as well? Like I said, he is doing very well. He's serviceable in bad matchups, but he is doing really well in juicy matchups, which is exactly what they had have, excuse me, facing Seattle who has a whole issue, a boatload of things that are going wrong with Seattle. But they have allowed the ninth 
they are, excuse me, the ninth worst against opposing quarterbacks. So Jameis Winston is only 38% rostered. Another one, welcome back to a Tungavailoa. He is 17% rostered, and again, we're picking on Atlanta here, but they are facing the Falcons. They have allowed the 12th most points to opposing quarterbacks, so I do like Tua. He looked good in London, even though they did lose the game. I was impressed with him. So pick up Tua Tungavailoa, and even if you just need to stash him for a bye week, because I like how he is playing. And last but not least, I might throw up a little bit in my mouth as I say this, but I'm saying this because this is strictly sort of a numbers game and a revenge game. But Jared Goff of the Lions, head coach Dan Campbell called him out, said he needs to play better, he needs to do better. Maybe this will galvanize Jared Goff. This is really if you are super desperate or if you're in very deep leagues or you want to put together some kind of a DFS lineup with someone who's very, very cheap, that would be Jared Goff. They are playing the L.A. Rams, and the Rams actually have done, they've allowed quarterbacks to to do things against them. So this may be an opportunity for Jared Goff to kind of get himself right in this Lions offense. They're guaranteed to be playing from behind and losing. And don't forget, this is also a revenge matchup for Matthew Stafford as well. So I'm very excited to see this game. But Goff is only 11% rostered. I'm surprised he's even 11% rostered. Again, going up against the Rams in a revenge game, don't do this unless you absolutely have to. But he's there. I had to mention him. Matchup is pretty decent. Revenge game. Gotta love the narrative. Finally, let's jump into our defense special team streams for Week 7. We have... Let's stick with New Orleans, baby. New Orleans, they are 40% rostered, and I already mentioned they're playing Seattle. And Geno Smith. And possibly an RB3 starting. It's not a good thing. So if New Orleans is somehow available, pick them up. I think there'll be a very good start on defense for you. And my next two options are actually playing each other. But this actually could turn out to be way more of a defensive battle than an offensive battle. The Raiders and the Eagles. So the Raiders are 13% rostered. And the Eagles have struggled. They have struggled. And the Raiders are really, as I mentioned before, galvanized. They are united after this whole kerfuffle that went on off-field with John Gruden. And they really have an opportunity to make a statement here. And I think that they absolutely can do that on defense with Max Crosby and on the other side of the ball, Philadelphia's defense is actually playing very well. They are only 4% rostered. They're kind of hit or miss, but they have done very well in good matchups, which is exactly what this is. So it's a little thin on the defense special teams streams this week. I will 100% admit that. But the Raiders, 13% rostered, and the Philadelphia Eagles, if you stream the position, are only 4% rostered and are absolutely there. I mean, it's better than starting no one. You know what I mean? I threw in Miami on that one, but I really don't like Miami's matchup either. So those are the three that I think could get you some points on defense. And that's all you have for me right now heading into week seven. Make sure you sign up for prizepicks.com promo code MMN. I think I just spit on my camera a little bit. Sorry about that. Or follow the link in the description of this video. You will see me again on Wednesday as we go ahead and take a look at some of our more free agent streamers and dumpster dives in case you miss out on all of these waiver opportunities, which I hope you don't. And I hope my Wednesday video is just like, eh, we don't need her because you have everything that you need. And if you haven't done so already, please just take one second and hit that like button for me and make sure you're subscribed to our channel here on YouTube, Mayo Media Net. Also, follow me. I'm on the socials. I'm Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren. Come say hi. Come ask me some questions. Good luck in week seven and good luck on those waivers. 
All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of First Look at the Week 7 DFS Salaries here on DraftKings. I do this every Monday afternoon. I think you guys will probably be seeing this either later tonight or early tomorrow morning. As usual, we have all of the caveats as far as not reading into this too much. This is our first pass at the salaries. It's laying the foundation for the rest of our research this week. We still have tons of injury situations that'll shake out and potentially flip this slate on its head, but we are here to lay that foundation. I'm Peter Overzet. You can always find me on my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Peter Overzet. Let's get into it right now. I'm going to pull up the screen share here so we can see some of these salaries and we can start right at quarterback. I'll also mention as far as this slate, you know, we are having the bye weeks hit again. It is really thinning things out. I looked at the early lines here for Vegas, and I'm only seeing two games uh, with an over-under, over 50. We have the Chiefs-Titans game with a massive total, 56.5 points. We also have the Lions-Rams game, over 50.5 points there, 50.5, I should clarify. And then the other kind of interesting dynamic – is we have a bunch of potential blowout games in the late slate. Uh, the Rams are 15-point favorites over Detroit. The Bucks are 13.5-point favorites over Chicago. And the Cardinals are 17-point favorites over Houston. So that's going to lead to some interesting dynamics as far as how people think about these teams. I think in general, when we see these really big point totals, a lot of times we want to play the run game and the defense. Uh, but I think there's also obviously merit to what if it does stay a little bit closer or what if all their points come through the air early in the game. So that'll be an interesting to dy dynamic to see how people are handling Henderson versus the Rams passing game, how they're handling James Conner and Chase Edmonds versus the pass game. And of course, Leonard Fournette, who we're going to talk about is priced up this week versus the Bucks passing game, which actually has come down in cost. So some interesting dynamics on the slate. Let's start at quarterback here at the top end. We have an $8,500 Kyler Murray an $8,400 Patrick Mahomes. This Murray price tag is a little rich for me. His rushing is actually down a bit from what it was early in the season. Um, and I do worry in such a blowout script if he's not going to have to run and throw as much as he usually would. So this will be an interesting price tag. I'm guessing it's going to be a pay up to be contrarian play just because there are some other nice value plays where you can save a lot of money. I mean, Lamar Jackson is $1,100 less than Kyler Murray. I assume Lamar Jackson is going to be extremely popular again this week. I mean, last week we basically had the field in tournaments uh, basically condensing fully around Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson as their preferred plays. And I honestly think we could see something very similar again this week. Patrick Mahomes in that game against the Titans with a 56 and a half over under is going to be popular. Uh, but Lamar Jackson at home versus Cincinnati at 7,400, that's just such a smash spot. It means I probably won't be able to play him because he will be so popular. My GPP bro brain will not allow me to do it. I do think there are some other interesting names here. We mentioned those teams in the 4 p.m. slate with big implied team totals and big spreads. Matthew Stafford there uh, with the Rams at 7,100. And also Tom Brady there as well at home versus Chicago. Both good quarterbacks, both pocket passers that you're going to have a lot of options to double stack 
with in tournaments. Uh, those guys, I think, are going to be very interesting tournament plays, especially if Fournette and Darrell Henderson become the field's preferred way to play those offenses. I also think Jalen Hurts at 6,900 is going to be really interesting. He's probably going to be your arbitrage version of Lamar Jackson. People were frustrated with Jalen Hurts uh, on that last primetime game. I know the uh, X's and O's football bros were not happy with how he looked, but he still managed to get there from a fantasy perspective because he had two rushing touchdowns, which that's what uh, that's what he does. He scores on the ground. That's back-to-back games with two rushing touchdowns. So Jalen Hurts just gives you such a nice floor with his rushing production. And if he adds in some efficiency through the air, I mean, he can really reach a high ceiling. So I like him. As far as cheap guys, you know, I think we can continue to go back to Justin Fields. He did run a little bit more. I know his points aren't up. He's still only at 14 points, but getting up to those 43 rush yards is good. And you got to imagine they're going to be in a negative brain script there against the Bucs. I imagine we could get some nice, you know, Justin Fields garbage time production. I thought Taylor Heineke looked pretty good uh, this past week in that game. You know, he found a way uh, to get some points at 10.28. The offense not didn't really get going, but this could be a buy low spot for him at Green Bay. Uh, I think this game also has the potential to get over uh, the total right now, it's sitting at 49. I'm guessing by the end of the week, this total could creep up a little bit. So some garbage time, Taylor Heineke as well. Uh, it's not pretty down here. It never is. Mac Jones, I thought looked decent against the Cowboys there. He got to 16 fantasy points and now he's at home uh, versus the Jets. So that's not the worst spot. But yeah, this doesn't look like a week where we can really go down at quarterback if we're trying to find some kind of a ceiling. I think I'm going to be wanting to target you know, the Jalen Hurts and then the Stafford in the Brady's uh, in those games with high totals. So that's where I'm looking at quarterback. And let's tab over here to the running back position. Derrick Henry, I mean, look at this monster price tag here at 9,200. We'll have to see what he does tonight versus the Bills. Like I said, I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. Um I'll be very interested to see what his pass game involvement is tonight because I think that's Always the question with Derrick Henry, you know, they're six-point underdogs tonight. So if they get in a negative game script, how much are they using him? We saw, you know, when they blow out teams like they did Jacksonville, I mean, he didn't even have any receiving usage because he was just getting it done so much in the ground game. But in some of these other closer games, getting very nice uh, receiving usage. So I'll be I'll be curious to see how the trend is tonight. 9,200, it's getting very pricey, especially if he's popular and when you see how much value we have at the running back position this week, I do think people are going to love to go studs and duds at running back. You get a cheap guy and then you pay up to get Derrick Henry because we don't have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it is a huge gap to these next running backs. I mean, you have Aaron Jones. I mean, and we expect both McCaffrey. Well, McCaffrey's for sure out and we expect Barkley to be out. So, I mean, it's basically Henry Jones, and then we're down to $6,700 range. And this is really going to be the sweet spot here. Darrell Henderson, he is, uh, basically vacuuming up all the touches there. Sony Michelle is basically not a factor. He had 21 carries, also two receptions. He's going to be extremely popular with the Rams as big favorites. Uh, Joe Mixon coming off a big game. I wonder if the field will be kind of scared of this matchup at Baltimore. Leonard Fournette is an interesting one. He's been getting bell cow usage. He's in a, a big implied team total here at home 
versus Chicago in a game they should win easily. He's been getting bell cow usage. So I think the price tag is justified. I'll be curious if it is too pricey for the field or if people have no problem playing, you know, or paying 6,400 for Leonard Fournette. Uh, absolutely hilarious that we have Cordero Patterson here at 6,300. Cordero Patterson was very fun to play at 4,700, 4,800. I'm out at this price tag. It's just, it's too much uh, here. He's been running extremely hot in the touchdown department. And I think there's so many good plays at running back this week that there's a, a big opportunity cost to paying 6,300 for Cordero Patterson. Um, but we can continue to look in this range, which is just a really nice range. Josh Jacobs, 6,200. Chuba Hubbard, 6,100. DeAndre Swift, 6,000. Um, just tons of really good plays right in this range. Um, DeAndre Swift continues to have a nice balance between his rushing production and receiving production. It just gives him a very high floor and, of course, the ceiling as well when he finds the end zone. So I like him. Um, Antonio Gibson will have to keep an eye on uh, his calf. He was heading into the game with a shin injury, then had a calf. This guy is basically always banged up, but I do like that game environment um, as far as Washington and Green Bay. So he's someone I'm going to keep an eye on. We have both of the Cardinals running backs here. Uh, I'll be curious to see how the field kind of splits their exposure there. James Conner, of course, getting a lot of the goal line work. Chase Edmonds playing more between the 20s and pass situations. Um, some cheap guys here that I think are completely viable. Devonta Booker is 95% Saquon Barkley, as far as workload goes, 12 carries, four receptions. He's very viable at 5,500. Miles Gaskin, way too cheap here at 5,300. Um, you know, I know he only had five rush attempts. That was a, a weird game uh, for the Dolphins, but he had the six targets two weeks before that against the Tampa Bay Bucks. He had 10 targets. So his uh, rushing attempts are low, but his receiving usage has actually been really solid here. And now this is a pretty good spot at home versus Atlanta. So I like Miles Gaskin there. Khalil Herbert's price only comes up a few hundred dollars after his big game. I mean, back-to-back -back weeks, 18 rushing attempts, 19 rushing attempts. This week, he adds in three targets to his production. As long as both David Montgomery and Damian Williams are out, uh, I'm very uh, content going back to Khalil Herbert. Uh, I mentioned uh, Cordell Patterson being too expensive. Mike Davis, Every week, uh, he becomes a decision point. But when you have this kind of usage, 12 to 13 carries, and you're seeing four to five targets a game, he's very viable here at 5,200. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not fun. But it is my duty to tell you that Mike Davis is an okay play this week. Wow, look at how much the Miles Sanders salary has fallen. You know, he used to be a mid to high sixes kind of guy. Um, again, another guy similar to Mike Davis where – Nine to 10 rushing attempts a game, four to five targets. I think that makes him viable down here in this range, especially those targets. I think it gives him a nice floor. So some, some decent options down here cheap, I think, this week. Um, I don't know if I'm going to dip below 5K too much here. Um, Ramondre Stevenson looked good for the Patriots, but you can't really start him unless we were ever to have Damian Harris out for some reason. Um, we're going to have to monitor what's going on with the Ravens backfield. Uh, Tyson Williams was an inactive this past week, but then Latavius Murray got hurt. Devonta Freeman came in. He rushed nine times. So I'll be curious to see what's going on with this backfield. It's one of the more kind of fragile situations right now. I think if you tournament bros want a gal brain, Ronald Jones, I mean, if they're blowing a team out, Leonard Fournette comes off the field. Uh, 
I don't know. I, 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 just, I tried to talk myself into it right there. I don't know if I actually can. The point is, is it's slim picking sub five, and I don't think you really need to do it with Sanders, with Mike Davis, with Gaskin, with Booker. Um, I should also mention Darrell Williams as well. He got priced up a little bit, but he looked really good in relief of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So uh, I like him as well. I believe my mouse just died on me here, which is going to make it very hard for me to change the screen, but we are going to try to multitask. We're going to try to keep this show on the road while I change my battery. Am I capable of changing my battery and continuing this show at the same time? We're going to move over to wide receiver this week where we had Devontae Adams kind of burn people last week at 9,100. He is down a little bit to uh, 8,900. We have Tyreek at 8,500. I thought we were going to get more of a Tyreek discount last week when he was uh, banged up coming into the game. Um, yes, my mouse is back. I changed the batteries. I successfully multitasked. Um, I did think we were going to get a bit of a discount on Tyreek Hill last week with the injury. That didn't happen. The field still used him, and he had a good game, 12 targets. I mean, this target um, share for Tyreek Hill right now is just – it's out of this world. When you combine his explosive playmaking ability with getting 12, 13 targets a game, he's just always going to be a good play. And then Cooper Cup. I mean, just a monster, monster year Cooper Cup is having. I'm kind of surprised that he's still priced underneath these guys. I think you could make a, a legitimate case that he should be the highest priced wide receiver on the slate. I mean, look at these target shares. There's basically no variance to his workload. It's 10 plus targets a game. It, you know, his lowest receiving yardage of the year is 64. Um, he has three games with two touchdowns. Uh, just an incredibly high floor and ceiling. I mean, his lowest game this year is 11.4 fantasy points in a game that got blown out by the Cardinals. Otherwise, just been putting up monster totals. I assume he's going to be uh, fairly popular again. I'm not really buying DeAndre Hopkins. His price goes up. He only had three targets. He just happened to turn those into two touchdowns last week. I'm definitely interested in going back to DJ Moore. He didn't have a huge game, but I think his workload is still uh, very nice. We are going to have Calvin Ridley likely returning this week. I wonder if the field is kind of feeling burned by Calvin Ridley. He might fly under the radar a bit. Um, I mentioned these uh, Bucks receivers. Uh, Evans at 6,500, Brown at uh, 6,300, but it's really Chris Godwin who's jumping out to me. Chris Godwin at 5,900, that seems way too cheap. We know he has, you know, the capability to have one of these 11 target games like he did in week five against Miami. And we just love that spot there against the Bears at home, big implied team total. I'm guessing Godwin is going to be fairly popular this week, but. As the person doing the first look, I get to pretend like I discovered the Chris Godwin play. So you heard it here first. Chris Godwin, good play this week. Um, there also are a lot of cheap guys down in this, you know, mid fives range. I mean, Waddle coming off of a two touchdown, 13 target game at 5,600. Devonta Smith is, you know, easily the number one target in that offense. Now they lose Zach Ertz as well. Um, he had the one bad game against Tampa. Uh, on primetime last week, and I think that was Thursday night football, only had four targets. But otherwise, look at these target totals, seven, six, 10, nine. So similar to Waddle, I think he's too cheap relative to his role. We have Jacoby Myers. This poor guy 
cannot get in the end zone. What do we have to do for Jacoby Byers? He had a touchdown, get called back, um, but he continues to see really nice target shares. And this is a good spot uh, against the Jets. So Jacoby Myers, is this the week? Is this the week he finds the end zone? Probably not. Um, Kadarius Tony, I was very excited about him coming into the game last week. I think his price tag was keeping his ownership in check. He had three catches right out of the gate and then left the game with an ankle injury. So I'll be curious to see if Kadarius Tony is back. I, I continue to be impressed by him when he is on the field. Uh, T. Higgins, you know, he was chalk. Uh, this past week, his price um, comes down a couple hundred bucks. Uh, he still had six targets. I think the big T Higgins game is coming. It is coming at some point, and uh, I want to keep betting on T Higgins. I want to keep betting on Tyler Boyd too, honestly. And this might be a good spot for them as well. It's it's always hard knowing which uh, Bengals wide receiver to play, but now that Chase is expensive, the field wants to continue to chase Chase, and rightfully so. I want to see who comes in lower owned between T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Those are guys I'm interested in this early in the week. It is hard to find cheap wide receivers. Um, there's some stuff that I think could shake out, you know, Sammy Watkins, does he return? Because Rashad Bateman at 3,400, he came in and had a really nice target share and role in this offense right away. Six targets there. So at 3,400, if, uh, Watkins is out, that's interesting to me. Um, I was kind of impressed with Diami Brown as well. He missed a week because of an injury, but he came back uh, in week six and had six targets. I was a donkey and played Adam Humphreys last week because I didn't want to eat the Ricky Seals Jones chalk. And I was wrong. If I would have just played Diami Brown, I would have taken those six points over uh, Adam Humphreys, 0.56 points or whatever. So Diami's interesting. Uh, I don't have a lot for you guys down here in the cheap range, though. We're going to have to keep an eye on injuries. You know, I think stuff with Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, both those guys are banged up, could could open some stuff up. Uh, Chris Conley has a neck injury for the Texans, but there hasn't been much going on with the Texans wide receivers outside of uh, Brandon Cooks. Josh Gordon, you know, we wanted to get excited about him. He didn't have any targets or work on Sunday. So I am uh, going to have to say TBD, stay tuned for the cheap pump play wide receivers. Like I said, Bateman and Diami Brown would be the two most interesting to me right now. Let's head over to tight end. Uh, pretty good tight end slate. We get Kelsey, we get Waller, we get Andrews, we get Pitts, we get Hawkinson. Um, all of these guys look um, pretty solid to me. I like when we have all these options up here. And I think we can toss Mike Gusecki into this list. I mean, since Will Fuller has been out, um, his his target shares have been really nice. 12 targets, 6 targets, 7 targets, 9 targets there. Um, you really like to see that. So Mike Gesicki, I think, has graduated from that mid-tier of tight ends into this tier with Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and TJ Hawkinson. I think that's completely fair. Um, if we're wanting to get cheap, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, he was chalk at 3000 His price only goes up to 3700 He played every single snap. For Washington, he is their uh, new Logan Thomas. Uh, his role is really good. I'm guessing he's going to be popular once again. And I'm guessing by this time next week when I record this video, he'll be a 4,200, 4,300 player. We saw it happen with Dalton Schultz where his you know role and price tag kept ticking up. Um, this is probably your last chance to play Ricky Seals-Jones, sub 4,000. Enjoy it while you have it. Um, I think we should also mention Zach Ertz. 
Uh, he famously was not allowed to play on both Thursday and Sunday after getting traded to Arizona, but he can play this week at home are the Cardinals versus the Texans. The Texans have been atrocious against the tight end and Zach Ertz should slide in right away. And I think you can expect uh, four to five targets for Zach Ertz at 3,900 in that game environment, I think is a pretty good spot for Zach Ertz. Not much else down here at, at tight end. I mean, Johnny Smith down to 2,800. Um, he's only getting a couple targets a game. I'm, I'm trying to find some kind of pro cheap takes here, but I don't know if I have anything in me outside of Zach Ertz and Ricky Seals Jones. We'll take a look at the defense. I mean, my God, the Rams up at $5,000. Can you imagine paying $5,000 for a defense? I can't, I can't imagine it. Um, Buccaneers though at 4,000 look good. Um, who else do we have here? Uh, that might be nice. Uh, Dolphins at home versus Atlanta. Did they give us any gimmies this week? They've been giving us some gimmies. Lions, Texans, nah. Titans, nah. Uh, Eagles, I think, at Las Vegas could be fine. I think Giants at home versus Sam Darnold could be fine. Um, Not a whole lot here. Ravens at home versus uh, Cincy looks pretty good to me. Uh, So, yeah. Defense is defense, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't have defensive takes yet. Talk to me later in the week. Uh, that's it, though, for our DFS first look at the week seven salaries. Um, if you guys want to uh, check out how these project from a points per dollar standpoint, look at how they're popping from a simulation standpoint, you can, of course, check out Run the Sims. It's uh, what I use for basically all of my DFS play. The optimal results for the simulations are massive in you know, identifying undervalued plays, you can head over to runthesims.com slash Pete. Promo code Pete gets you 10% off any of the packages. They also have a player props tool, which is really helpful for identifying lines that might be off that you can take advantage of. So as always, thank you to Pat Mayo for having me. Thank you to you guys for watching. Good luck in your week seven GPPs.